0: Guys, we're, we're getting close to the end of our series. We've been doing a series for the last few months called Rise Up. And it's learning faith lessons from Nehemiah and specifically about rebuilding the walls in your life. Because as you realize, there are walls in your life and the walls represent wholeness, they represent security, and they could be in your life, in your marriages, in your family, and even in our church. And you can, through actions on your part... Destroy those walls. And so in the first part of the series, we talked a lot about having the faith to rebuild those walls. Now, we're getting to the midpoint of Nehemiah now, the book of Nehemiah. And he's going to address several things about maintaining those walls. About making sure that you don't get to the place where your walls get broken down again. And so we're going to look at one thing today, and then probably we've got another two or three lessons, and then we'll wrap it up. But we're going to talk today about what can you and I do to maintain the walls in our lives. Because we want to maintain the walls, right? We want to have good marriages, right? We want to have a good life as we walk with Jesus. We want to have, be protected in our families. We want our church to be what it's supposed to be, right? Am I everybody in agreement with that? But there are some things that you could be doing because as we see them here, we're going to see what they were neglecting before. Because the fact of the matter is that you can neglect these areas that we're going to talk about, but here's the problem. You're going to face broken walls again. So the first one has to do with the Word of God has to do with you reading the Word of God, you reading your Bible, and you coming to a place of understanding the importance of the Word of God for your life. Because the fact of the matter is, is that you might be here and you're saying, Oh, George, I don't really need God's Word. And I've met folks like that. I've met folks who simply think that all I need to do is just go to church. All I need to do is just experience the music program. And I listen to Christian music during the week. And folks, that's all wonderful. But that's not going to protect the walls in your life. Do you you hear me? I mean, you can listen to a whole bunch of things and really enjoy the music. and But the fact of the matter is you need something more substantial in your life to protect those walls. You need something more substantial to protect the walls in your life, in your marriages, your family, and in this church. And if you neglect it, it brings about a problem. So what we're going to see here now is is that as the walls are rebuilt, and they rebuilt the walls in 52 days, we already mentioned that, they asked for something that's very unusual because they realized, the Jewish people realized, that they had been neglecting something. And so they asked for something to take place. So let's look at it. We're going to look at chapter chapter 8. Let's look at verse 1. And we're going to read through verse 12. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought, brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. And then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and all those who could understand. The ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which had been made for the purpose and beside him at his right hand stood, and you'll see names of several different people there. When he opened the book in the sight of all the people for he was standing above all the people and when he opened it all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord the Great God, and then the people answered, "Amen, Amen," while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Look with me at verse, uh, the last part of verse seven. Again, it gives a list of people there, Hebrew names that I'm having difficulty with, but it says, they helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book of the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord. Do not mourn nor weep, for the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those who have nothing is prepared, who have, for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our God. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way and ate and drank and, the, and to send portions and to rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. What we're going to see here is these folks realized that something was missing from their lives. And what was missing from their lives was God's word. And they asked, it's really unusual, they asked as one group of people, they asked Ezra the scribe to read God's word to them. And what we're going to see is, is that their lives were impacted. They were impacted by God's word. And we're going to basically look at this section here, and we're going to basically see three things that are happening. We're going to see, number one, how they honored God's word. We're going to see, number two, how they understood God's word. And then number three, we're going to see how they responded to God's word. So we're going to look at these three sections. We're going to see honor, understanding, and response. Okay? So let's look, first of all, at honor. Number one, they wanted to hear God's word. They wanted to hear God's word. Bottom line, because they, the walls are built, they're secure, they're safe, but they're realizing, why did the problem happen? The problem happened because their ancestors forgot God's word. They ignored God's word. And when they ignored God's word, they weren't living according to God's word, and what ended up happening is, is that judgment came upon them. So now that the walls are rebuilt, they're wanting to make a fresh start. Do you ever want to make a fresh start up with something? You ever want to get to the place where you want to have a fresh start in your life, you want to have a fresh start in your relationship with Jesus? I'm going to tell you, the place you begin is right here. you got to start listening to or reading God's word for yourself. That's what they're doing here. They wanted to hear God's word. And it's not just one of them. The collective group of them in Jerusalem decided they wanted to hear God's word. They wanted to hear God's word. So let me ask you a question. How important is God's word to you? Do you want to hear God's word in your life? And I'm not just talking. You know, years ago I had in my first church, this is years ago, 20 years ago, when Lori and I were in Canada, I had a lady come to me and she said to me, if I'm not here on Sunday, I can't get through the week without a message from you. And she was saying that like it was a compliment. But I was looking at it like, really? Can anybody survive a whole week on one piece of pizza? You need to be eating every day, right? You need to be feasting every day. And so just one message from George isn't going to get you through the week. Because I'll be honest with you, what George talks about that week may not even have anything to do with you that week. But God wants to talk to you, right? And how does he talk to you? Through his word. And when God speaks to you through his word, he's talking directly to you about what you need to do in your life or where you need to be strengthened where? That week, right now with that situation that you're facing. So they they had a desire to hear God's word. So let me just stop for a moment. I think that's an important point. If you don't have a desire for God's word in your life, you better start paying attention because something's wrong. Because basically you're saying you don't really need God to talk to you. Something's wrong. I mean, like for instance, you know, if I got to the place, you know, Lori and I were going to be married here in June, twenty five years, okay? If I got to the place where I don't need to talk to Lori. I don't need her input in my life. I don't need to interact with her. Would you say there's a problem? If I could go a whole week without interacting with her, I'd say there's a problem, right? Because I know there are times Lori's going to tell me what I'm doing wrong. She does do that. Okay? (laughs) But there are other times when she'll say to me, Hey, I thought that was good that you did that. Did you understand? Those are important times, right? Because they help with what? The relationship with God. Did you, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm going to be honest with you, just driving along, listening to love songs, on the radio and thinking about, oh, my relationship with Lori, that's not going to get me through the week. It's going to be what? Interacting with Lori, Right? Talking with the Lord. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Just listening to Christian music and having love songs about Jesus isn't going to get you through the week. It's going to be interacting with who? With God. How do I interact with Him, though? He speaks to me through His what? Through His Word. Through the Scripture. And if you're telling me you don't need that, that says something. These folks wanted God's Word. These folks wanted God's Word. Here's the second thing. They recognized and honored the importance of God's word. Notice what it says there. I think it's interesting. When Ezra the priest stood before them and began to read to them from the book of the law. Now, what's the book of the law? Well, that's the first five books of the Old Testament. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the book of the law. So when he's reading to them from these five books, guess what the people did? They stood up. Why did they stand up? To honor God's word. They basically were saying, your word is important to us. Again, how important is it to you? How important is God's word to you? Now, here's how you can tell how important it is. Do you know where it is in your house? Is it gathering dust on a shelf? This is what I'm talking about. I mean, if it's important to you, you're going to what? Read it. So for some of you, there are are important things. You, You get up in the morning and you look at, some of you, first thing you do when you get up is you look at what? Facebook. Now, for some of you, that's important because you want to see that somebody sends you a message, somebody liked what you liked. Is there something interesting there? Because that's important to you, right? Do you understand? You devote your time to what's important. To some of you, it's listening to some sports show. Talk about what the next season's going to be like. The next year's going to, I mean, we just got through with it, but you're already anticipating the next season. Are they going to make some changes in the lineup? Who are they going to draft? You've got the whole draft figured out. You even watch the draft. Nobody does that, but you do. (laughs) Did you know what I'm saying? What's important to you? The hunting magazine that comes. Listening to somebody talk about the big buck they got. See, they recognized the importance and honored God's word in their life. Are you honoring it? So here comes the first faith principle. Because remember I told you, we're, we're wanting to learn faith principles here. Okay? From the book of Nehemiah. Because we're at the point now where we're not just talking about rebuilding the walls, we're talking about maintaining them in our lives. Okay? So here's the first faith principle. The basis of faith is the receiving of God's Word. This is the first faith principle that you need to understand because we talked about earlier when we were praying about Strengthening our faith, right? Because a lot of times when we pray, we lack faith, we lack the trust in God. I'm going to tell you how you strengthen that is by receiving God's Word. That is, by you taking time to allow God's Word to be a part of your life. Now, how do you do that? You spend some time reading it. And folks, we've got all kinds of resources around here to help you with reading your Bible. You can't walk out of here and say, I don't know where to begin. Because here's one of the resources we have for you, and it's available. In fact, I just printed off another 20 copies of this. Right there, everybody turn around, right there you'll see a nice book rack that somebody built. And in the top, there's three different publications there. But one of the publications is a Bible reading guide. Now, this isn't to get you to read the Bible through in a year. I'll go, you can try that. This is just simply for you to keep track of where you're reading. And we would encourage you, it starts off, this Bible reading guide, which we've created here at our church, starts off in the Gospels and works its way through the New Testament. So you start off with the person of Jesus. And so you mark down where you're reading through. And it gives you something. If you want something a little bit more, folks, we have daily breads right out in the entryway of the church. What does the daily bread do? Gives you a daily reading. Gives you a story to think about. It even has a reading guide for you to read through the Bible in a year. Why do we give you those things? Because we know that if you read God's word, God's going to speak to you. God's going to speak to you. See, and when he speaks to you, guess what happens? Your faith increases. Your faith increases. The basis of faith is the receiving of God's word. So let me just encourage you, grab a Bible reading guide on the way out of here. You say, well, you know, George, I have a Bible that, you know, my grandma gave me the Bible, and I can't even read it. I mean, it's got words that I don't even know what they mean. Wonderful. We'll give you a Bible that you can read. Just read it. Just read it. We want to help you because we recognize the importance of God's Word in your life. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's so important. It's what you need to what? Maintain the walls in your life, in your marriages, in your families, even in this church. I'm going to, hey, listen to this statement. If you want to write this down. The strength of our church is based upon whether or not we know God's Word. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's just reality. The strength of our church is based upon whether or not collectively we know God's word or not. That's just reality. That's the strength of our church. So, first faith principle. So now let's get to where we're talking about understanding. Because you might be sitting there saying, okay, George, wonderful. You want me to read my Bible, and okay, I understand that. I've heard that so many times before but I'm just going to be honest with you, George. I read it, and it's just like over my head. I don't understand. Some of the things are like, what in the world are they talking about? Well, I think it's interesting. When you look at what's going on here, remember they had two groups of people that were there with Ezra, and I really, to be honest with you, I don't even want to try pronouncing their names. It's beyond me, Okay. But they're there for a purpose, and here's what their purpose was. They were Levites, and their purpose was to help the people to understand. And when you read through verses uh, verses, uh, 7 and 8, you're going to see that they basically did two things to help the people understand. Here's the first one. God's word had to be made clear to them. God's Word had to be made clear to them. It said it helped the people to understand the law. The word understand there can also be translated made clear. They had folks to help make clear what God's Word was saying. So here's the thing. When you're reading God's Word, nobody expects you to understand everything that you're reading because it's not possible. But what you recognize is is that God's Word has to be made clear to you so you seek out people. And folks, we've got a lot of folks in our church that are willing to help you. We even offer many things here at the church for you to understand God's Word. Because why? Because we realize and we know that if you understand God's Word, you're going to be more apt to apply it to your life and strengthen the walls in your life. So I'm I'm just going to put a plug in. We have Resonate Bible Studies. We're actually winding them down now. We'll crank them back up in September. We have a men's study, we have a ladies' study, and we have a youth study. I'm going to be honest with you you really need to be a part of those studies. Because they will help you. Now, here's the thing. You're not just going to sit and listen to a lecture. Okay? That's what George does. All right? But what you're going to do is you're actually going to read the passage, and people are going to ask questions, and you're going to interact with each other, and then you're going to realize, hey, that guy struggles with that just like I do. That guy doesn't understand like... I don't understand. Or or that gal, her answer is the same answer that I have. And, And you begin to understand God's word together because it's being what? Made clear. Being made clear. See, you and I have to have not just an honor recognizing the importance of God's word, we have to have an understanding. And God's word needs to be made clear to us. Here's the second thing. Basically saying the same thing. The meaning of God's Word has to be explained to them. The meaning of God's Word had to be explained to them. Folks, God's Word sometimes has to be explained to us too, right? That's what my job is. That's what our Sunday school teachers do. Explaining so that you understand, so when you read the Bible, you see exactly what is being said to you. So you understand it and you realize the importance of it. So that brings us now to our second faith principle. Here's the second faith principle, because we realize the importance of God's Word. Faith is strengthened with an understanding of God's Word. Faith is strengthened with an understanding of God's Word. All right, so stop. I don't want you to answer out loud, I just want you to think with me. Answer it to yourself. How's your faith? When I talk about faith, I'm talking about trust. I'm not talking about belief. I'm talking about trust. How's your trust in God? Do you believe that He and do you trust Him to take care of that issue that you're wrestling with? When you pray to him and you say, Oh, God, I need your help in this situation. And we do cry out to God a lot of times, don't we? Do you believe that he can handle that? Do you trust him to handle that? Do you have faith to handle for him to handle that? Or would you say to me, You know, George, I, I want to have faith, but I'm struggling with my faith. I'm like that guy in the Gospels. Lord, help me with my unbelief. Right now I'm having some serious doubts. I don't know that that I can believe, or I don't know that I have faith in him. I'm going to tell you right now, that's natural, What you're facing is not abnormal. That's true for everyone here, including myself. But I want you to understand, how you strengthen your faith is by reading God's Word. Here's what happens when you read God's Word. First of all, God's Word isn't just commands. Okay? A lot of times we have this concept that He's just going to tell me what I can't do. Well, yeah, there's parts of that where he says that. But here's what God's word also does. It, part of a lot of God's word is promises. Where if you look to him and trust him, this is what he's going to do. It's not just promises, but it's filled with narratives. What are narratives? Well, they're stories. They're historical stories of people who maybe face a situation similar to what you're facing, but God showed up and worked in a mighty way to get them through that situation. Or when you read about their failures, it's an interesting thing to me about the Bible. The Bible tells a lot of stories about failures. You guys know what failures are? Anybody fail this week at something? I think we all did it, right? But you read about their failures and the lessons that they learned so that you can learn from it so you don't have to experience it yourself. See, faith is strengthened with an understanding of God's Word. You've got to get into God's Word. You've got to get into God's Word. So now we see the response. As they are hearing God's word, they're honoring God's word, as the, God's word is being explained to them, the text tells us that they responded. It's interesting their response, because here's how they responded they wept. What's going on there? They wept. Their response was weeping. And they had to be told, don't weep because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, what's going on there? So this is where I'm going to help you to understand. Okay? This is where response comes in. Number one, God's word brought the conviction of sin and the joy of the Lord. The conviction of sin and the joy of the Lord. All right, so let's talk about that. This happens to me a lot. I will be reading God's Word, and God's Holy Spirit will point out to me... (laughs) You can tell I'm a human being because I don't even like saying it. God's Word will point out to me, George, you were wrong in this area. George, you were wrong in your attitude towards your family. George, you were wrong in the way that you handled that situation. George, you were wrong. A lot of times, I mean, and, and it's like not even looking for it. Like, you, it's A lot of times I was like, oh, I'm going to read something where I'm, I'm, it should be okay. But then you read it and it's like, boom. All right, God, you got me. He will convict you through his word. Of what you're doing wrong. And the response of those people were they wept. Why did they cry? Can I be honest with you? Because they realized. That their doing wrong was the reason why judgment was brought upon them. And they had to suffer in exile for 70 years. Because of their sin. So God's word is going to reveal to you where you're wrong now some of you are going to be like okay George (laughs) wonderful I don't need that I have a spouse she or he always tells me what I do wrong why do I need God's word isn't that right isn't that what we think because the last thing I need is I got a boss who's always telling me that I'm not keeping up. Why am I even there? Or I got a mom. Or I got a dad. Or I got a grandma. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't need that. And, and so a lot of us, we won't read God's word because it is convicting, right? It is convicting. But see, I want you to understand something. Notice what I said there. God's word brought the conviction of sin, which is necessary. You and I need to have things pointed out to us. By God, that maybe we did have a wrong attitude with our family. Maybe we did have a wrong attitude with this co worker. Maybe we weren't doing right in this area. We need that, but we also notice what God's Word brings. It brings what? Joy. The joy of the Lord, which is our strength. To go on another day. Now where does that joy come from? Here's, here's what I want you to understand. That joy comes from, because when I read his word, I also come across passages like 1 John 1, 1.9, which says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 2. My little children, I write unto you that you sin not, but if you sin, you have an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is the propitiation for your sins. What's propitiation? It's a big Bible word saying he's the atoning sacrifice, the wrath satisfier. That is, he paid the penalty for your sins so that you could have what? Forgiveness. So that you would have a new standing with God. See, the joy comes in realizing, yes, God's word reveals where I'm wrong, but the joy comes in realizing... That I have Jesus, and I'm forgiven, and he will give me the strength to overcome the things that are wrong in my life, because he reveals them to me so that I want change and become more like him. That's where joy comes from. In fact, can I be honest with you? I remember I told you, I've told you before, that joy and happiness are two different things. Everybody wants to be happy, Right? We try to do all the stuff that we're doing to be happy. But joy is completely different in the Bible. Why? Because joy is a product of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's a fruit. Just go, to, just go to Galatians chapter 5 and read the fruits of the Spirit there. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. God brings you joy in the midst of your pain, in the midst of the conviction of sin. how would i know that if i read his word i can have joy i can have joy so let's come to that final faith principle here here's the third faith principle faith responds with the confession of sin and obedience now, the passage, the rest of chapter 8, we didn't read it. It's, it's very interesting. Because they read God's word, they realized that it was a feast, the Feast of Tabernacles. And the thing was, is that the law prescribed that once a year during the Feast of Tabernacles that they would all go camping. What? God's word told them to go camping. They were to build on their housetops remembering their journey in the wilderness, they were to build tents and live in tents during the celebration of this feast. So guess what they did? They were all excited to be obedient to God's word now because they'd heard God's word and they realized that they weren't doing what God's word told them to do. And yes, there was conviction of sin and yes, there was joy, but now it also resulted in obedience. See, that's what faith is. Faith responds, not just by confessing that we're wrong, but it also says, I'm going to do what's right now. Lord, I'm going to do what you told me to do. That's why God's Word's important. You and I need to get serious about God's Word. And listen, I can tell you right now, we have a group of elders here that will be glad to help you. We have a group of mature women in our church that will be glad to help you, ladies. But you have to make that decision. Because here's the thing. You can decide, I don't need that. Wonderful. But I'm going to be honest with you. Remember what I talked about? The, the well-being, the security, and the well-being of your lives, your marriages, your families, even this church... They're going to start crumbling if you neglect the most important thing in your life that God's given you. What? His Word. And I don't think we want that to happen, do we? Let me pray for you.